Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. Now, our summers may not be that long here in Newfoundland and Labrador, but it doesn't mean we can't make the most of them when it comes to outdoor activity. So joining us today is my friend, Professor T.A. Loeffler. Now, she's a distinguished professor in human kinetics and recreation at Memorial University. She's going to guide us through the different summer outdoor activities available in our beautiful province. From the rugged coastal trails to our urban playgrounds, she'll provide expert insights on how we can maximize our enjoyment of these activities despite our shorter summer season. We'll learn about the hidden benefits of engaging in these activities, and she'll teach us how to make the most of them to nurture both our physical and mental well-being. So get ready to explore the great outdoors. I hope this show inspires you to seize our Newfoundland and Labrador summer. Let's get to our interview. Hi, T.A. Welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me back. Well, you are my go-to when it comes to physical activity, in particular when it comes to outdoors. And last time we chatted, we talked about winter activities, which I know is something you're really passionate about, but you're also really passionate about summer activities. So I thought I'd pick your brain on that. But before we start, maybe for the listeners that are tuning in, you can give a little bit of background on yourself. Sure. I'm Dr. T.A. Loeffler, and I'm a professor in the School of Human and Kinetics and Recreation at Memorial University. And my area of expertise is indeed outdoor recreation and outdoor education. So most folks think I'm playing all the time when I'm out working, but you know, on those rainy days, I'm definitely working hard. And I love doing anything outdoors. And one of my core missions is to get everybody outside. Well, that's perfect. And that's why you're the perfect person to talk to. You're the ambassador for outdoor activity, really, in the province. And Newfoundland, I've heard before that we have four seasons. We have almost winter, winter, still winter, and construction. But our summer is short, but there offers a lot of opportunity for physical activity. You know, when when people think about physical activity, why why is it good for us? Like, you know, can you give us like the the sort of science 101 on it? My goodness, it's it's good on so many levels. It helps prevent many chronic illnesses. It can keep us moving and keep our bodies much more limber if we don't engage in physical activity. And it's really good for our cognition. Lots of research shows that by being physically active, we can have a better chance of fending off dementia and other cognitive decline, as well as our mental health. When we get out and be physically active in whatever form makes us happy, then we get to have some of those wonderful endorphins that bring our mood up. Oftentimes, physical activity provides meditative, repetitive movement, which also can kind of relax if we're worried about something or something we need to think about something. Sometimes by going out for a walk or a run, doing yoga, those kind of things, then that gives us new perspectives on things, which also helps our mental health. So I think if I could give a prescription to everyone, it would be number one, physical activity, and number two, do at least a pretty good chunk of that physical activity outside. Yeah. I, exactly. And that was going to be my next question for those people that aren't real advocates for exercising inside, because that's not for everybody going to a gym or even an organized rec league of some sort. Is there a difference between exercising indoors versus outdoors? There is. And uh, it's, it's sometimes it's people wouldn't intuitively come up with some of the the differences. These days, we often think about air quality. So exercising outdoors, you have infinite ventilation. So you're not worried about sharing air with anybody else who might be exercising beside you. The research also shows that by doing some kind of physical activity outside, 
we actually work a little bit harder. So wind is there, slopes are there. We have more friction in the, the surfaces that we're traversing. So ultimately we work a little bit harder, but because the outdoors is so engaging and, and keeps us occupied, we actually don't think we work this hard. So that's a, you know, kind of a, a win-win kind of bonus that we work harder, but don't think we did. Well, that's interesting you said that, you know, about the repetitive type movements and the meditative aspect of it. I've heard that being in nature, because it's so random, as opposed to being in a gym, being on a treadmill and seeing the same thing over and over again, the confusing aspect or the chaos of nature itself actually allows us to immerse ourselves more in that. Is that true? Well, it definitely requires us to engage with the environment differently. You know, so if we took that example of, let's say, running inside on a treadmill versus running outside either like on a sidewalk or on a trail or even on a, you know, a less developed trail, our brain has to be perceiving all kinds of different things. So on the treadmill, the, every footfall is about the same. And unless we totally space out and get flipped off the back of the treadmill, we could read, read a book or watch television or zone out and, and get relaxed that way. When we're running outside, our senses are very engaged. We're aware of the, the smells. If we're going through a particular neighborhood, we might smell delicious bacon cooking. Or if we're running in nature, then we might be smelling the hint of wildflowers on the air, things like that. So it engages our, our eyes, it engages our sense of smell. We might be hearing birdsong. So it becomes a multi-sensory experience when we do that outside, as well as because the terrain is uneven, because we might have wind on a cheek, because we're, we may be needing to perceive curb cuts or roots or rocks and things like that. It's very cognitively active. And so I think that's another piece that ties in and it brings a complexity to the task that we wouldn't necessarily have if we were doing a similar kind of activity inside. Oh, that makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, the random rocks on a trail and all those things as opposed to a flat surface that's moving for you. Yeah, that's, that's, that's important. I think that, you know, and, and I think the other thing is how we exercise. And I think sometimes people think of physical activity in the ways that we've probably seen in popular media. Like, you know, they got to go and jump on a treadmill, like we just said, or they have to go to a gym and things like that. But in the capital city region, are there some activities that individuals can engage in to increase their activity levels and, and ones that maybe don't require us to spend a lot of money? Well, in the St. John's and, and in the greater Avalon metro areas, we do have a real plethora of walking trails. I mean, the, probably the toughest thing is, you know, getting up from the chair and putting your sneakers on and getting out the door, getting dressed for the weather, what that, whatever that is. But with the Grand Concourse trails, with municipal trails, with city parks, so Bowering Park, Bannerman Park, uh, with the trailway system that you could jump on in, in the west end of downtown St. John's, and you could walk yourself all the way to Holyrood if you wished. Mm -hmm. So there's these different interlocking hiking trails or walking trails, um, some of which are multi-use so that they could also be bicycled. But what I love about, especially the summertime, and I live downtown St. John's is if I want some physical activity, which I crave several times a day, I just put on my shoes and I have a little route I do through my neighborhood, walk up the hill. So I breathe a little bit of hard going up the hill and then through Batterman Park to check out who's doing what around the loop. Yeah. You know, these days I see little kids learning to bicycle and people on their skateboards and people doing rollerblading. And then you go on down the thing and then you see the folks in the baseball 
diamond playing some baseball and then you come back around and then we head into government house and the grounds on government house are beautiful and so many people don't know that we're welcome to go in and walk there last summer as part of the platinum jubilee they put a whole new set of walking trails in the back there so they're beautiful they're five foot wide they're flat they're very well graded and they're great for strollers. They're great for folks that want to have a walking surface that's even and flat. And the, the, the daffodils are out and the trees are up. And so it's a very engaging inner city walking experience. So that's my number one go-to always. And when my grandmother turned 93, yeah. I put my laptop into her lap. And so the, she saw herself on the screen and she was having a laugh, kind of figuring that out. And I said, so... Oma, which is the German name for, for grandmother, how did you live so long? And she looked at herself and she started talking. And one of the, her number one lessons was, I go for a walk every day. And uh, so I've taken her advice to heart and I go for at least one, sometimes two, occasionally three and on occasion five walks a day because that's super easy. And now that it's getting to be summer, I'm going to be starting to get out on my bike much more as well. Well, you know, that's really universal to anybody listening. We've all got communities we can walk through, or if you're in a rural setting, it's even easier because you've got roads with like not a lot of traffic around and probably some hiking and, and things like that out there. And I think that's really important. It's funny you said that about the secret to longevity. I just got back from Okinawa where the oldest people in the world live. And there's all sorts of group activities where people exercise and do those types of walks and things together. And it, and it adds a social component to it. And one of the things I think that people struggle with a lot these days is, is enough family time together. Are there some activities that you can think of that are really good for families to do together? Uh, well, a couple of things come to mind. Again, our local parks. I mean, parks are wonderful oasises of nature in municipalities. And oftentimes at the park might be the play structures. So young ones can be learning their climbing and moving and, and sliding kind of skills. Oftentimes grown ups stand around and, and watch them. But some new parks have areas where adults can do laps around the, the playing surface as they go. And and in some communities in the world, it's kind of cool. They're, they're actually building adult playgrounds beside the kid playgrounds where they can be sort of more kind of outdoor exercise equipment. So I think going to the park is a great one because you're going to walk from the parking area to the play structures, looking for places in your neighborhood or community that are safe for bicycles. So like the, the loop in Bannerman Park or the, the closed down streets in Bowering Park are excellent. Uh, my granddaughter loves to ride her bike at skate parks. So the new playground at Kenmont Terrace has a skate park and she is already ready to, to gnash on the trails having been a three-year-old who could ride her push bike in the skate park. And that's a family activity for them. They go biking together. So bicycling is a great one to do together. And then all the kind of classic traditional Newfoundland outdoor activities can be done as a family. So fishing, trouting, when it's food fishery time, going fishing for cod, four-wheeling and, and snowmobiling, but I'm not supposed to talk about my winter passion. Yeah. But the truth <laughs> is, anytime we go outdoors for whatever floats our boat, it involves more activity. So berry picking is, a, is an awesome way when mm. we get to the end of the summer. And gardening. Gardening is one we just can't leave off the list. So we have a long tradition in Newfoundland and Labrador of growing some of our own food. 
and I'm in a community garden plot. And what's great is, again, we have a multi-generational community there. So everyone's coming back into the community garden now. And I think our, our youngest gardener is just born. And uh, we have folks all the way up through mid-80s who come and work in the gardens. They stand, they bend, they move. Gardening is kind of like yoga with benefits. We're here with Outdoor Ambassador Dr. T.A. Loeffler, learning about all the ways we can stay active in nature this summer in Newfoundland and Labrador. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back. We're here with Outdoor Ambassador Dr. T.A. Loeffler, learning about all the ways we can stay active in nature this summer in our province. Let's get back to our interview. And I'm just going to take a quick step back. We talk about the benefits things because I think sometimes we've been so convinced that the only way you get benefit from exercise is if you're going like a Gatorade commercial. Can you just explain why walking and moving and doing those activities you talked about are sufficient for people? Yeah, I think there's, you know, in, in attempting to get people, you know, more active, we've, you know, various campaigns have tried to scare people into physical activity, cajole them, bargain with them, all those kinds of things. But truthfully, especially if someone hasn't been as active as someone, there are huge gains and huge benefits for health and wellness from starting out near scratch. And when we say physical activity, oftentimes people's first thought is the gym. Whereas I go to the garden for the day, and by the time I finish with the garden, I've had a really good day of physical activity because I've shoveled. I may have moved things by the wheelbarrow. I definitely was bending. I was balancing as I walked down little rows between the gardens and things. And one thing that I think we don't often talk about is that, um, you know, when we think of physical activity, we do think of cardiorespiratory fitness. Mm. But when we think about physical activity and, and what it takes to maintain this beautiful, amazing containers called our bodies, we also want to be thinking about our flexibility, mm. our strength, our coordination, and those kind of things. So again, another rich area for outdoor physical activity is more often than not, it's engaging many of those different kinds of things. I was had, you know, my students out um, on the on Long Pond this past week in canoes. Mm. So if we look through what it takes to go canoeing, we first have to take the canoes off the rack. So we're working with strength. And then we take them down and get them launched. And then we need to get into the canoe, which we're working on balance. Yeah. Their fitness as we're paddling and we're trying not to tip over. Uh, and then we're working about coordination. And then the cognition that goes with making a canoe go where you want it to do is incredible. And it's fun. And you see smiles. And the passage of time is quite quick. So I think if we can bring that broad definition of physical activity from the classic and, and for those for whom it works fabulous, working out in a, in a gym, all the way through individual sports. And what's great too, the summer environment lets people play tennis. Mm. Uh, it lets people play pickleball, the fastest growing sport in the world outdoors. I mean, Trinity has an outside pickleball court. Mm. So we can bring many of our activities that probably have to be played inside in the wintertime back into those outdoor play spaces that are in parks, can be less expensive or free, and then, of course, we probably can't leave golf off the list. Yeah. You know, basically uh, take your ball and uh, club for a walk sport. You know, so yeah. there is such a wealth of opportunities to be active. One of our newest things to show up in the capital city is disc golf. 
you know, oh, just yeah. down from the Confederation building, Disc Golf NL has got a course there. So initially you could play it with a standard Frisbee. As you get, you know, bitten by the sport, then you can have your whole set of, of Frisbee discs that let you be an amazing disc golfer. And then there's Ultimate Frisbee and I mean, your listeners are probably going to hear me just get so excited. I know. Because it's... That's why you're here. Because that's why, because, <laughs> I mean, you know, for anybody listening here, just to go back 20 some years when I first moved here, TA was instrumental in exercise and teaching when I was doing my master's program. We became colleagues for this whole period of time. And she's always been enthusiastic about it. And that's something I really love about you. And I think that's why it's so genuine coming from you. And I think that, you know, that brings us to a really nice segue, though, because we talked about all sorts of different activities. And one activity would be hiking. I'm going to brag for you for a second. I know you won't do it, but you're a world-class mountain climber. You've gone to Everest. We were just talking about how you've been all through the Himalayas. Let's talk about hiking in this province and how world-class it is, because I think it's something that's worth bragging about. I, I was recently at the, the launch of the, the East Coast Trail's new This Is Our Trail. Uh, I was able to play a small role in that video. And I think the world has taken notice. The East Coast Trail that you know runs along the East Coast of the Avalon Peninsula and many of our other very spectacular municipal trails and provincial trails and national park trails throughout the province are spectacular. People are starting to come to the province to hike specifically. I think during the pandemic, when many people did lose connection to their traditional forms of physical activity, I saw a huge increase in hiking. You know, my favorite trailheads, the parking lots were blocked. So I, of course, went to the lesser known ones. And you still see that today. And I was so excited to see people getting out and enjoying hiking. You know, with, again, hiking is another physical activity that once you have some footwear that work for you in terms of getting outside, something to carry some water in, pack a lunch, pack a snack, a small first aid kit, and do your little bit of research ahead of time to know the difficulty of the trail. Most of us these days carry our smartphones with us, which give us maps on our phone, give us some ability to communicate, and off we go. And I can be on the East Coast Trail from home on foot in 15 minutes and uh, can be almost anywhere on the East Coast Trail within an hour's drive. And then there's the Isthmus Trails, and there's the Damnable Trails, and the Twillingate Trails, and Grossmorn Trails. I mean, you could hike for your lifetime in this province and just scratch the surface. Oh, I agree. And, you know, I got into that too. I got the trail maps and I started hitting some of the trails I hadn't seen before. And, you know, the amazing thing about Newfoundland and Labrador, and I say Labrador too, because I did some hiking in Labrador last year that was like the most incredible things I've ever seen in my life. But every trail is different. Our, our scenery, our landscape is so unique that you get something else out of it than just a good hike for the day. You know, and, and we're relatively safe here, which is great. Like being in the wilderness, my friends in BC are talking about grizzly bears and things like that. And we don't have some of those risk factors. So I think that's really important. But it, it is a bit of a, a challenge for some people. Some people have mobility issues. And I know you're a huge advocate for accessibility for people that may even have even greater challenges. So maybe we could talk a little bit about some of the options that we have for people that have some mobility challenges here in the city. Well, just like folks, trails come with a whole lot of variety of options. So we have hiking that can occur on anything from an asphalt trail all the way to a very small, very primitive kind of single track kind of a trail. And 
uh, depending on where someone wants to go, there is outdoor accessibility equipment available to them. So one example is the Botanical Garden, Memorial's Botanical Garden on Mount Sio Road has two grit freedom chairs. And what a grit freedom chair is uh, a wheelchair that can be powered by levers. So that gives some mechanical advantage. It also has, instead of caster wheels in the front, it has one big pneumatic tire in the front, not too big, but six inch, which makes it very trail capable. And so the, the little wheel won't dig in. And so someone who wants to have the upper body workout and has the capacity to do so, it can be self-propelled. The levers can also come out and someone could be assisted or pushed by someone else. The Manuals River Trail System as well out in Paradise has a grit chair for people to borrow. If someone wants to go a little further afield than that, Easter Seals and the City of St. John's have chairs called Hippocamp. And we, you may have seen them with uh, children who have had uh, Make-A-Wish wishes. They have a very supportive seat. They're also three-wheeled. You can get them with beach wheels. I have one that I can put skis on for the winter time. And I know I've seen some families take those into some incredible places on the East Coast Trail. And then us in HKR, School of Human Kinetics and Recreation, as well as Easter Seals, have something called a trail rider. And if any of your listeners have been in Southeast Asia, they may have seen a rickshaw. And what a trail rider is, is kind of a wheelchair crossed with a, a single wheeled rickshaw, which allows someone, it is a riding experience, they, they can't propel, but they can go over many different kinds of, the, like East Coast Trail, single track, uh, we used it once to take some grandmothers into a wedding on Torbay Point. I've had uh, a friend of mine who uses a wheelchair. We went into the Sunset Overlook over Conception Bay above Anglican Cemetery Road. I've taken it to Cape Spear and we've gotten folks up to the lighthouse. So that's, uh, again, much more of a riding experience and the team that accompanies them are getting lots of physical activity, but that allows us to share some outdoor places like those grandmothers got to go to that wedding because of that piece of equipment. And then canoes, motorboats, sailboats, all of those out in the yacht club in manuals, they have uh, the Able Sail program. Mm -hmm. And the Able Sail program also runs for some nights as well in Kitty Vitty. And so it's an opportunity for folks with disabilities to get to try sailing. And that's an amazing opportunity. So activities on water and then also Bike and Elf, Bicycle Newfoundland Labrador, in conjunction with Versa, which is the Visually Impaired Recreation Sports Association, got some tandem bikes, which allows people with low vision or blindness to be able to go bicycle riding. Uh -huh. So if someone's living with a disability and either they used to do something that they love to do or they've got an interest, one option as well is to contact the sport governing body in the province of that activity because many have been learning a lot and thinking about how to welcome folks with disabilities into their activities. We're here with Outdoor Ambassador Dr. T.A. Loeffler, learning about all the ways we can stay active in nature this summer in Newfoundland and Labrador. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back. We're here with Outdoor Ambassador Dr. T.A. Loeffler, learning about all the ways we can stay active in nature this summer in our province. Let's get back to our interview. Can you just expand a little bit on the mental health benefits? Because sometimes just going up to Signal Hill and looking over the water or going down to Middle Cove and having a fire or going anywhere in rural Newfoundland and looking at the water and things like that is, is therapeutic for people. Why is that? 
Well, it's interesting that most of the examples that you just gave uh, evolved the water. And uh, there's actually a, a great book written by uh, someone who looked into a lot of the research around the influence of water on us. And it's called Blue Mind and why it's important that we make time to spend in, on, or around the water. Uh, it's why that if people are buying property, we're willing to pay, you know, up to a 25 to 40% premium for a waterfront property. It's why people have to call months in advance to get a waterfront table at a, at a, you know, a famous restaurant. It's why we're pretty excited that uh, the premier was talking to somebody about taking down the Harbor fence. Cause how many of us uh, miss being able to walk along the Harbor apron and what a magnet for physical activity, the pedestrian mall and the Harbor could be with making that space more welcome to uh, a pedestrian environment because of the pull of the water. And, and, you know, we often talk about salt water cures everything, but many of us find some physical activity on the water. So canoeing, kayaking, stand up paddle boarding, sea kayaking, as well as whitewater kayaking. So the water provides that medium. And then many of us find our solace near water. So the sound of water is again, been proven to calm, um, anxiety has provided that meditative space. So if, when we combine those two, it's like they attenuate each other. So physical activity on or near water is magnificent. So how many people enjoy in St. John's walking along the Rennies River mm. trail or around Long Pond, you see folks going there and because it has not only the physical activity, you're seeing water, you're seeing birds that live around water. So again, uh, we can add that to the prescription, some physical activity outside near trees and near water. And why I say near trees is some interesting research has shown that trees give off pheromones, they give off scents. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like to say it, whether you believe in trees or not, uh, studies have shown that standing near a tree for five minutes will reduce your cortisol or your stress hormone. Yeah. So, so wild, you stand near a tree, near a, near a pond or some water, whew, you can just kind of feel your shoulders come down from around your ears. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so funny. Yeah. I, it's so funny you said that. I got to tell you something funny. We went to Japan and the senses that we use in nature are amazing. We use all five senses. You just talked about smell. Like people don't think about smell when they're hiking or pheromones and chemicals and cortisol and all these little hormones. So I agree. Like, uh, yeah, that's like, I couldn't agree with you more on those things. And you're right. Like we tend to migrate to the water here in this province because we're surrounded by it, whether we're in Newfoundland or Labrador, we're very coastal communities. And I, I, I couldn't agree with that more. The other thing I think is really important whenever we could possibly do it is giving back to our communities. And you've mentioned several different sports groups and community groups that are doing different things to promote physical activity. What are ways that people can volunteer and also tick off that box of getting outside and getting some activity? Well, we, we spoke earlier about the East Coast Trail and we, we heard recently funding for the, uh, the Great West Trail uh, over on the other side. Trails require maintenance. <laughs> the Newfoundland environment is very tough on trails. So trails need to be built and trails need to be maintained. So volunteering and going on East Coast Trail, trail maintenance. We have a new, beautiful, brand new beginner's mountain bike trail up in the Three Pond Barrens area that was built by the Three Pond Barrens Grooming Cooperative and also supported by the Avalon Mountain Bike Association. They just held a women and girls mountain bike event there this past weekend. Yeah. Uh, how exciting to try to get more women and girls into mountain biking. And I know that we have 
at least three, if not four, nice, beautiful, developing mountain bike areas. Again, we have the potential to be a world-class mountain biking destination. Last summer in the Kitty Vitty Lake area, we got a pump track. Mm-hmm. And if your listeners haven't heard about what a pump track is, it's uh, this cool thing that kind of combines um, a flowy asphalt track with with circles and ramps and, and it allows people to practice uh, both on scooters and on skateboards and on bicycles, various maneuvers that can help them become better mountain bikers. Well, I was just in Portugal in April and it was amazing. In Lisbon, we saw two pump tracks that kind of had a, a more beginner one and then a, a more advanced one. And it was great. Uh, Jody Cook pointed out that, that it was built by the same company that built our pump track. So that no was a, a really exciting initiative that was, again, took several community organizations and supported by Canary Cycles and the city of St. John's and the Mountain Bike Association to bring that to fruition. So volunteering to help bring those kinds of outdoor facilities, working to figure out how to get more multi-use trails, because truthfully, we know our resources in this province and, and in the country aren't infinite. So we may not be able to have six trail systems, but are there some trails that make sense to to share? Uh, and Mount Pearl and Paradise, CBS, the trailway through there. I had, I've had such mm-hmm. amazing trips on my bicycle and by foot. And I'm always so excited when I see the, the trails being used respectfully and with kindness, with people giving a shout, oh, I'm coming by, or I ring my, my bell so I don't startle anyone. And we go on by. And it's just so amazing to see families outside with you know little ones on their bikes and and strollers and and older folks uh kind of a a fun story that happened summer before last uh, a person had gotten in contact with me because they had lost access to hiking through uh, an illness they were living with and they wanted to come try one of the grit chairs to see if that would be a a way for them to access the outdoors because they love being outside while hiking so they came and gave it a try and uh, didn't hear anything else. And um, summer before last, I was out riding the bike uh, in CBS and just who did we run into but this person with their very own grit chair, loving it, loving being outside again. And it was just like, that was the the cat's pajamas to see (laughs) all my worlds come cascading together in that moment to have someone being able to re-enjoy being outside. We're here with Outdoor Ambassador, Dr. T.A. Loeffler, learning about all the ways we can stay active in nature this summer in Newfoundland and Labrador. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back. We're here with Outdoor Ambassador, Dr. T.A. Loeffler, learning about all the ways we can stay active in nature this summer in our province. Let's get back to our interview. And I, you, you mentioned a few things I just want to comment on here. because I was talking to the folks from AMBA the other day. You know, the Kitty Vitty trails are being renowned as being some of the best mountain biking trails in the whole world. The pump track, amazing. And it reminds me of one other activity we didn't mention down in the pond, and that's rowing. And I've rowed for several years, and there's a bit of a cost to it, but it's very inexpensive for the amount of time you get and the amount of activity you get. It's really hard. It's very good exercise and it builds a real community around that as well. So those are just a couple of things. And one more thing was I interviewed the group that's building the trail all the way from Holyroot up as well. So there's a lot of trails around that area as well. So this is something we're both passionate about, but I know that you've been able to make a big difference in people's lives for this and really spark this passion for outdoor activity with people 
Are there any stories you could tell me or an example of somebody who, who could be inspiring to our listeners right now? Well, it's interesting. Just yesterday was out at a chainsaw safety workshop with a group of women that was sponsored by the Becoming an Outdoors Woman workshops, nice. which happen twice a year. And their intention is to provide a fairly low cost entry into meeting some other folks to go outside and to be exposed to, you name it, in terms of outdoor activities like canoeing, kayaking, map and compass, hiking, camping, outdoor cooking, and then all of the shooting sports, archery, and things like that. So they organized this this safety workshop yesterday for women who wanted to learn how to use chainsaws safely. And while I was there, uh, I sat down and one of the women leaned over and said, you might not remember me, but I was at the very first Becoming an Outdoors Woman workshop 25 and a half years ago. And she said, I just want you to know, I took your hiking workshop and then I went on your intro to backpacking workshop. And then I immediately started a hiking group in my community and we've been hiking ever since wow and i got you know i got goosebumps because mm -hmm. that was so cool that this program did exactly what it was intended to do which was to provide opportunities for women to learn skills so that could feel comfortable going out because people aren't always comfortable to just say i'm going outside mm -hmm. so sometimes they're looking for an intro to hike program uh, i know the city of st john's offers some very low cost outdoor activity programs, orienteering, which is learning to navigate, and it, it can, it's a sport and a great activity. Occasionally, the our orienteering club has been active, but they have different activities that families can do or that kids can do at, at their particular summer camps. But giving a chance, the, the Outfitters at times has offered workshops, a chance to learn some of those skills so that when we do go outside, we feel prepared and uh, we're ready to keep ourselves safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And you're right. You know, you just keep on picking up knowledge as you go and having those resources are important. What do you think makes this province in particular such a, a great place to get active outside? Um, you know, I don't know if in your, in your travels and your research, you've come across the concept of freeless leave. It's a Scandinavian word for open air life. So the Scandinavian countries, the Finns, the Swedes, the Norwegians really embrace being outside, being out on the land, having a relationship with their outdoor places and those kind of things. And I've, I've always wanted to discover if there is a word for the same in Newfoundland, because I think we do have that freeless leave. And I just, you know, I've spent some time looking through the Dictionary of Newfoundland English, and I haven't found it yet, that captures the joy, like the saltwater joys, that captures the, the ability to sustain yourself using the resources from the land. So berry picking, hunting, fishing, you know, having that connection to this place. And then the amazing ruggedness and beauty that we have, um, and sometimes a high price of admission. My students were out last Friday when it was two degrees, it was raining, it was blowing a gale, um, but we were practicing because it does take practice. The first time you go out in a rainstorm, you're probably gonna be wet and cold. Then you come and watch some more YouTube videos or talk to some folks and, and adjust your layering system and you get more and more comfortable as you go. Just like anything, being outside takes practice. And you might not get it right on the first try or the second try or the third try. But, you know, these days, especially with YouTube and the generosity of content creators, we can learn so many things online that we wouldn't have been able to learn before. And then there's also, like, I think of um, 
like foray newfoundland which introduces people to mushrooming mm -hmm. and to learning about mushrooms there's nature nl and introduces people to those kinds of things so there can be ways in which if you have a cultural interest or a natural history interest or a historical interest or the the guy who wrote the book that came out last year on the top of my head right now about strange and interesting places in newfoundland oh yeah so things that. like like the Trinity Loop and things. So, you know, just even going and trying to find some of these unique places, mm. um, again, often takes outdoor activity and outdoor research and things like that to do, which, you know, differs a little bit from what we think of as traditional outdoor activities. So I think the real key is finding some angle that works with your wiring for getting you to be willing to go outside for, you know, 30 minutes a day. Yeah. And exploring our beautiful province. My friends call me a wannabe because I'm always out of town on the weekends exploring new communities and going to different places. And I think we have an untapped resource there and it's great for people to see our own province, support those communities as well, go for a visit. But I think one of the biggest assets we have is somebody like yourself who's such a strong advocate for it to come on here. For anybody listening, because TA had so much information today, this will all be available on VLCM.com. You can go and re-listen to it and uh, and track down some of those things if you heard something that really resonated with you. But TA, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. It's a pleasure as always, and I'm sure you'll be back on many more times. I look forward to it. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you to my guest, Dr. T.A. Loeffler, for joining me today and sharing her expertise and passion for outdoor activities in Newfoundland and Labrador. Throughout our conversation, we explored the beauty and variety of outdoor activities available in our province, from hiking along the East Coast Trail to biking, gardening, and even exploring our cities. We learned about the physical and mental health benefits of engaging in outdoor activities, in particular, the calming effects of nature, the joy of being near water, and the positive impact on our overall well-being. Now, TA emphasized the importance of accessibility and inclusivity in outdoor spaces, and she shared the various options and equipment available for individuals with mobility challenges. We also touched upon the significance of volunteering and giving back to our communities by maintaining trails, supporting outdoor initiatives, and sharing our love of the outdoors with others. So whether it's exploring the rugged coastline, biking through scenic trails, or simply enjoying the tranquility of a local park, there are countless ways for us to embrace an active and fulfilling outdoor lifestyle this summer. Remember, even small steps can make a significant difference in your well-being. Well, thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. We'll see you back here next week for another episode of The Wall Show on your VOCM.